fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car already is. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I am the monster the breathing men would kill. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. I go out of my way for you. I do everything to try and make you happy. I feed you, I clean you, I dress you, and what thanks do I get? I am so, so sorry. Oh, you're fucked. Oh, you're fucked, you. I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. Without these things, I am nothing. So now, I must shed innocent blood. Dinner is served. Save yourself from hell. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. <laughs> It's the 30-something movie podcast. It is October. It is Pat's favorite month of the year. In which not only do we have movies where children are attacked and turned into small woodland creatures, but also terrible murders and monsters and basically Home Alone for Pat. And murder. <laughs> and murder. <laughs> Home alone and murder. <laughs> I was going to try to do a woo-hoo with the ghost voice, but it was just going to kind of come out like, there you go. woo-hoo. That was, I, I pull back the curtain here for just a second. I am still, uh, I'm, I'm way behind on editing episodes. And at the time that we're recording this, I have not yet finished editing the DuckTales episode that we did. Okay. And, and so I, like, I'm, I'm toying with the idea. I'm like, hmm. How many times, because I'm at least going to do it the first time, how many times, every time we say the word ducktails, am I going to put in the sound effect that goes, woo? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes, we can Resisting make it much more Resisting the urge to do it every time is the yeah. hard part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until you play it back, and then at some point, you're like, after the fourth time, you're like, just shut up. Shut up. Stop Why it. Why did I keep doing Don't that? Don't do it. This is, nope. It's like those radio shock jocks that play the, uh, you know, they play all their, their uh, sound effects just a little too often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I got to the part in the greatest. Hey, gen. it's JoJo and Buzz in the morning. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff. I got to the part in the uh, uh, Greatest Generation podcast where they uh, someone called in on the uh, Priority One message and asked them to put all of their sound effects into one and uh they just did all their sound effects at once they're like i don't know this is how this is good uh and it was pretty funny it was pretty awesome you know it was like the rapid fire photon torpedoes and then the, the you know I, I don't even remember the other ones it was just a lot of that and then screams yeah it was it was pretty good nice the boy the boy have we become, I mean, I, here's what I'm asking. Have we become an unofficial advertisement for the greatest generation? I think so. I think we have. I hope so. Okay. They're awesome. <laughs> okay. That's fine. That's fine. You know, I, maybe they could send some of those, like that priority one stuff our way. Yeah, that'd be nice. We're not quite big enough. Every time I hear them say, yeah, priority one messages, they're a hundred bucks for a personal. I'm like, <laughs> um, yeah. welcome to and the 30 full, something. man. Like they have I no know. trouble getting it. It's crazy. I know. I, um, I, there have been times I sit here like, hey, welcome to the 30 something movie podcast. Like, 
buck. I said like a buck. Then we, <laughs> but on that You'd be note, amazed what we do for five dollars, people. Hey, it's. <laughs> you, you, well, I mean, if if there are things that I would do for a Klondike bar, then just imagine what hey, I would this do. This is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on that note, I got a little bit of news for us. All right. Well, on the news front, uh, speaking of what we do for five bucks, we have our first ever Patreon patron. What? what, what, what? I feel like this. Yeah. You know what? You should have played there. What? The air horn. Oh, I should have. Let's do. Do we need? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Okay. Let's do that again. Ready? Hold on. <laughs> I'm not doing the whole thing. Okay. So, guys, <laughs> we have our first ever Patreon patron. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Now I'm going to, wow. you know how we always used to joke that we had like three fans in Ireland. Mm. Yeah. I apparently love Ireland though. We, we, I mean, we do even before I, we knew, even before we knew that we had three fans in Ireland. I've, I've been to Ireland before. I love Ireland. Um, I'm moving there someday, probably soon, maybe tomorrow. Okay. All right. You know, you and I have already said that, you know, if, if I, if I run off and just, you know, Go live off the grid in Scotland somewhere. Mm-hmm. Then uh, you and I could be neighbors. You just, you know, because yes. I would love. I'll just, I'll go across any time to go to Ireland and come over there and visit you. And you know, you will oh be, you will be welcome at uh, at Castle Reed anytime you want when you come over to Scotland. Yeah, so, oh yeah. But uh, yeah, ah. so so for our uh, for our uh, American anglicized fans, um, you you may not know how to pronounce this person's name because I did uh, their name on Twitter. Um, it, it is not a name that I think the the American audience would be able to pronounce because that's the one thing I love about the uh, the Scottish and the Irish names and and good God the Welsh names. Um, you know I, I don't know if we have any Welsh fans. If you do, I'm probably gonna have to ask you how to pronounce your name because you know <laughs> the Lord bless and keep you. You don't have any vowels in any of your words. <laughs> um, so. But uh, I believe, and I really hope, I've, I've only seen his name in print, and I have not have, had an opportunity to check with him yet. Uh, I believe you pronounce his name Podrick. So I, I showed it to you, gentlemen, and you both right away said, oh, yeah, that's, you, uh, Bo, I think you said you worked with somebody that had the same first name. I did. Okay. I did. So Podrick, if I'm, if I'm getting that wrong, if it's Patrick or, or Podrick, um, Donahue, I believe is his last name as well. So thank you so much for supporting us. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, Podrick is going to be picking a movie for us to be talking about. Oh, so, that's um, awesome. be, be looking that for a just... bonus episode coming at some point, a Podrick's choice episode. Um, but yes, so very, very excited about that. Thank you so much, man, for, for, uh, for supporting the show. Glad you're enjoying the show. And, uh, if anybody else wants to do that, uh, we do have a Patreon page. So if you go to our website, um, or if you go to Patreon and search 30 podcast, three zero podcast, um, there is a way on there that you can, uh, just kind of donate to help out the show and a couple of different levels that we've got there to support us if you want to, um, the basic level is just, you know, to, to support us at uh, just a few dollars a month. And that uh, we give you a shout out on the show. If you've got another podcast, then uh, we'll we'll throw in some of your ads on our podcast and, and play them on here. Um, and uh, at one of the next levels, it's you get to pick one of the movies that we talk about. Uh, and then one of the other higher levels is you actually get to come on and be a co-host on the show with us. So we got a lot of different options there. Uh, if you are interested in supporting the show, um, all of that. 
Uh, I was going to say all that money goes back into buying us sandwiches. That's not true. Um, any of that money goes into just making the show a better experience for you. Uh, one of the things that I am hoping to do fairly soon is to upgrade our website. So I've got a couple of different options out there for a very, very nice website uh, to kind of upgrade things, make things a little bit easier little, uh, little, little nicer looking on the, on the website side of things, nothing wrong with WordPress, but, um, that's what we have right now. So I'd definitely like to upgrade that at some point, but, um, just, you know, we've had a lot of people that have just kind of appreciated what we've done on the show for the last several years, just enjoying what they're, what they're listening to. And so just, we thank everybody who has supported us in one way or another, whether it's the guys from the Shirley can't be serious podcast who are, you know, they are, they are repping our show. Uh, any chance they get, I didn't say ripping, repping, um, our show, any chance they get on Facebook and Twitter and, and mentioning us on their show had me on, uh, at least once, uh, for the, the man of steel versus Superman show. And uh, a lot of other folks that have gone on and put, um, you know, iTunes reviews in for us and, and things like that. So just want to thank anybody who's ever supported the show. Um, but Patrick, let's uh, we got to we got to find out. And, and by the time we've you know put out this episode, we probably have already picked out what your uh, what your listener's choice episode is going to be. So uh, looking forward yeah. to being able to record that one with uh, we record that one with these guys. And uh, yeah, hope, hope you enjoy that one as well. But yeah, I, so I thought that was awesome. I just want to share that with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, right on, man. Yeah. Like seriously, thank you so much. That's uh, that's awesome. Thank you for the support, and uh, we love Ireland, so that's very cool. Yeah, we do. And uh, yeah, yeah, man. Just thank you. That's awesome. I, I actually just I want to be in Ireland right now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I want to be here anymore. <laughs> especially yeah. especially as it gets closer to winter time. Yeah. I like it's. I don't know. With everything else going on, I, I don't know if I'm in the mood for a Chicago winter. No. Well, I, for all we yeah. know, with the way everything else 2020 has gone, I'm picturing it's going to be like day after tomorrow. It could be. Where it becomes like we just flash freeze and everybody dies. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm looking on the bright side, so. <laughs> that's, that's, that's me being positive. There it is. All right. Well, the other thing I've got for us news wise real quick, um, and this is probably by the time this episode comes out, this will have been out for a little while, but we have not had a chance to talk about it yet. Um, and I think you gentlemen have not even seen this. So I am I am dropping a uh, I'm dropping a, a brand new thing on you here. Uh oh, so this is a little controversial. It's uh -oh. a it's a shame that we don't have uh, we don't have Dennis and Jeff with us tonight because I think this would uh, they would have some interesting takes on this as well. Um, so the Oscars, I'll just read you the headline. This comes directly from oscars.org. Uh, the headline is Academy establishes representation and inclusion standards for Oscars eligibility. So I don't know if you had heard about this. It sounds like you had not heard about this. Um, so basically here's what it is. I'm just going to start reading some of this article to you and then uh, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll just kind of get your reactions on this. Uh, this is from Tuesday, September 8th, 2020. Today, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences announced new representation and inclusion standards for Oscars eligibility in the Best Picture category as part of its Academy Aperture 2025 initiative. The standards are designed to encourage equitable representation on and off screen in order to better reflect the diversity of the moviegoing audience. Um, blah, 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 blah. Task force that created a template inspired by the Build British Film Institute diversity standards. Um, so basically, they have... Here it is. Um, for the 95th Oscars in the year 2020, 
uh, I'm sorry, 94th Oscars in 2022 and the 95th Oscars in 2023, submitting a confidential Academy inclusion standards form will be required for best picture consideration. However, meeting inclusion thresholds will not be required for eligibility in the best picture category until the 96th Oscars um, in 2024. For the 96th, 96th Oscars, a film must meet two out of four of the following standards to be deemed eligible. Uh, on screen, so standard A, on screen representation, themes, and narratives. To achieve standard A, the film must meet one of the following. A lead or significant supporting actors must include at least one uh, from an underrepresented racial category or ethnic group. Uh, the general ensemble cast, at least 30% of all actors in the secondary and more minor roles are from at least two of the following underrepresented groups women, ethnic minorities, uh, racial groups, LGBTQ, um, people with cognitive or physical disabilities and so on and so on. Um, so you kind of get the idea. Like, I'm not going to go through the entire list, but the idea is they are now making, if you want to be considered for best picture, it is now going to be a requirement that you must fulfill at least two of these four standards to be considered for best picture. So if you are, so let's say, for example, if your entire cast, if your entire cast is white, then you will not be considered unless you meet one of the other standards, uh, you will not be considered for best picture. So that's basically, that's basically that. <laughs> so, and I know you haven't had a chance to look at it. it. It also goes into like behind the camera. You know, that's one mm -hmm. of the other ones is that even if your cast is not, you know, ethnically, racially, uh, you know, diverse, any of those other categories, um, you can, meet one of those standards by having, um, you know, your, the film leadership, the project team, they can also meet some of the diversity standards. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to meet these standards. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, I get, I understand exactly why they're doing this because they've had a lot of the criticism lately about, you know, the Oscars so white and things like that. Um, but uh, this is the first time you guys have seen this. It got a little controversial when it first came out. I happened to actually be on Twitter around about the time it came out um, last mm -hmm. week. And oh boy, um, them, them started some fighting words. Oh, so, uh, so yeah. yeah. So I don't know what, what's, what's your reaction? Just a uh, good thing, bad thing, indifferent. I think it's one of those things we got to see what happens. I mean, this ramp, anything they ramp up, could always change um it's interesting that they're having them do the statements for a couple of years before they mean anything and i think the purpose to that is to evaluate what they're getting um so we'll see i mean yeah. I, I i know why they're doing it yeah and i want to i want to ask if i understood correctly I feel like uh, Barbosa in Pirates of the Caribbean. There were a lot of big words there, and I'm just a simple sailor kind of thing. It, they're phasing this in, so mm -hmm. it's like, you know, next year they'd say, okay, well, these movies would have been eligible, but these movies wouldn't have been. And then the following year, they'll – is that kind of how that's working again? I don't want to make you go through your whole, your whole spiel again. What but they didn't say, at least in what I heard, was they didn't say that they were even going to comment on the – inclusion forms they just have to be filled out right so basically that's like pat if if the school told you hey in 2024 uh, part of your mm -hmm. evaluation is going to be us looking at your lesson plans and evaluating how you wrote them and what you included in your lessons but we're going to require you to do that for the next three years 
but it's not going to count against you for the next three years. We're going to require it, but it's mm-hmm. not really going to count against anything. But in four years, it's going to count. Okay. It's kind of like that. Uh, okay. Okay. So I think it's just kind of trying to ease people into the into the whole process of you got to fill out these extra forms. you got to meet these extra requests. Because part of it, too, is you're already going to have some films that are already in production. And, mm-hmm. you know, for them, yeah. that obviously yeah. is not fair to then say, well, to be considered for 2022, you're going to need to, like, fire a third of your production team and, you know, make sure it's it's diverse and, and whatnot. Um, so I, that's probably part of it. It's probably just to kind of ease people into it, to get used to the idea of it. But then also, you know, you've already got I mean, some of these movies are years out in, in their in their production mm-hmm. until they're going to be released, especially with the pandemic going on. Nobody knows when stuff's going to be released. So yeah. I would imagine it's, it's kind of a combination of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm, I'm definitely not like, Oh my gosh, what? Like, I'm not freaking out about it, you know? Um, and I think, you know, it gets into a discussion of, you know, how race plays a, a role and how do we see change and, you know, all that kind of thing. And, yeah, I, I kind of like what Bo said. It's just wait and see. I mean, I'm not, I mean, personally, here's the thing. It it really doesn't affect me that much. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it it really, I mean, I, I, I'll check out the Oscars, but it's not like, oh man, my favorite movie wasn't nominated for the Oscars. I better not pick it as my favorite movie anymore. You know, it's not like, I mean, that's kind of my interaction with the Oscars. Um that's kind of my interaction with the, with the Oscars. So it's, it, 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 you know, as a fan, I really, you know, I don't, it, it, to me, it really, I just don't care, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think that, that, um, uh, you know, everything beyond that, if we're, if we're a movie podcast, I mean, that's kind of within the purview. I think everything beyond that, it's kind of like the discussion of kind of that, the affirmative action piece and how, how does race play in the nation and in, in business and all that kind of thing. You know, that's a bigger discussion that, you know, has many different levels, you know, I, mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's outside the, and, I, and I'm stumbling for words because I don't, I know part of the problem is people just saying, Oh, come on, let's, you know, it's just sports. Just go play. We're just a movie podcast. Let's just talk about movie, you know, and there's some, there's some serious things out there that, you know, some serious social issues that, that need, um, uh, that need changing and addressing and all that kind of stuff. So I don't want to be, you know, bury my head in the sand and just say, Oh uh, yeah, I just want to talk about the movies, but in the same token, I'm not really in that business, in that line of work, much beyond a fan. And so, you know, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of things when that pertain to race that need to be addressed, you know, in our culture, in our business world and everything like that. Um, so, you know, I think they're going to put it out there and, and we'll see. And it's like any change, it'll probably cause turmoil and anger and, you know, people on the fringes saying, things that are pretty yucky then people bringing up good points and discussions and then it'll pass and we'll move ahead hopefully in a positive manner and until the next thing to kind of throw it on its ear so pat i'm, I'm gonna say something kind of funny here but i did absolutely listen to everything you just said it's not that i was just like oh hey hey pat's saying something and then and i'm now now i'm gonna say something funny that completely you know negates everything you just said <laughs> um 
So I know I, I absolutely was listening and, and appreciated everything you just said. The way you said the word turmoil. Yeah. You oh, sound, no. you sounded like curly from the three stooges turmoil. <laughs> like it, it wasn't quite that high, but, you, but like, just, I don't know the way you did the oil part of it. It was like oil. Yeah. And, it, and it wasn't even, like, <laughs> Oh man. Sweetly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, bad. Man, we need to do a Three Stooges podcast. I, yeah. <laughs> although, We're pretty although, darn close. Although, although well, it's, well, there are three of us here, so. Um, <laughs> whop, whop, whop. I don't know. None of us have any hair. <laughs> I think, yeah, no, I think we might all be curly. Uh, as long as I don't have to be shemp. All right. Um, yeah, I, so I think my thoughts on this one are I'm I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't have a problem with it. I, yeah. there are, there are things about now I, I get, I get people being upset about it. They're mm-hmm. like, Oh, why are you imposing all these rules? Just make a movie, a good movie. And it, yeah, like I, I get that. But on the flip side of that too, yeah, I'm like, there are plenty of times that, I mean, you say, you know, if it's a good movie, it just should be judged on the merits of being a good movie. But when you look at something specifically like the movie industry, there's a lot of like mm-hmm. corrupt, stupid stuff that goes on in the movie industry and has mm-hmm. for decades and decades. I mean, probably almost since it began. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, you know, you, you get all these stories of, you, you had all the stories from the Me Too movement and you get all these stories of, you know, people yeah. being mistreated or uh, abused or like all this stuff. And I don't know, when I, when I see how rampant that seems, I'm like, is imposing maybe a few extra restrictions on the uh, Hollywood movie industry. Is that a bad Mm -hmm. idea? Mm, Probably not. Like it Mm kind of sounds like some stuff is, you know, maybe they could use a few extra rules here and there. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean that too, I I think, I think a lot of times with the way things have been run and, and we're not, you know, the three stooges here are not Hollywood insiders by any stretch of the imagination. Um, But it just seems to me like you have a lot of people who, um, you know, have, have a lot of sway over the movies that get made and, and, and frankly for, you know, decent stretches of time. And we've talked about it before. Like there, there's not a ton of new ideas coming mm-hmm. with the movies. Like a lot of stuff's getting recycled. A lot of stuff is just, you know, remakes and, the, and there's not inherently anything wrong with <laughs> doing remakes and reboots and, um, stuff like that. But I also don't think I see anything wrong with, you know, having more diverse casts and having more diverse directors and more, I mean, why not? You know, and Mm -hmm. if that's, I mean, there's, there's plenty of junk that comes out. So, and the junk that comes out is probably mostly because you have, you know, you know, somebody who knows somebody who's a producer. And Mm -hmm. so you get the money to make your stupid movie. Whereas there's somebody that's probably just working their fingers to the bone to try to get their little independent film made and they just, they don't have the funding. They don't have the influence. They don't have the clout to be able to get their thing made. So, you know, I, why not? Like, why not put some things yeah. in place that ensure if you want to be considered for best picture, you got to fulfill some of these requirements. And mm-hmm. frankly, kind of like you said, Pat, it's the Oscars. Like that's the rule for the Oscars. Yeah. If you don't care, like if you don't want to be considered for best picture, if you're like, well, that's, that's stupid. That's not my Oscars. That Okay, then don't watch the Oscars. Yeah, right. it's it's yeah. like it's one awards and it's an award show. It's not like, you know, the motion picture industry does not have to abide by this. 
Yeah. If they want to win the award, then yes, they have to abide by it. And I don't know that I see anything wrong with that. Like there are awards all the time that like, well, if you want to win this award, you have to have this and you have to right, do this, this. Essay, or right you know if you i mean there were i i wanted third to, italian or you exactly know. like i wanted to try to go get a bunch of scholarships when i was mm-hmm. you know going from high school to college and basically because i and, and frankly i benefit plenty from that um you know a white middle class kid going off to college there were not a ton of scholarships available for me because i did not fit the requirements and you know what mm-hmm. that's okay Mm-hmm. Like there are plenty of ways that I benefit yeah. not needing a scholarship. So I'm fine yeah. with that. And I didn't get upset at the, you know, I didn't get upset at the, uh, you know, the, the indigenous people's scholarships because I mean, if you ask my grandfather, we had, you know, Cherokee in our lineage somewhere, but so does everyone else Doesn't in the everybody. world. Yeah. When it's, when it's time to apply for scholarships. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so what? It's yeah. that award. If you don't want to win that award, don't worry about it. Just make your movie. Yeah. You know, if it was if it was like now suddenly a federal law that you had to do this, I could see people getting a little bit more up in arms about that. But frankly, it's an award show. And half the time, people yeah. complain and moan about this award show anyway. So what's the big deal? Yeah. And, and, and I, I got to be honest. I mean, I, I'm, I, I hate to say I'm tired, but I'm kind of tired of everything being a threat, you know, <laughs> they're going to do this. That's threatening me. And that's, it's like, and that just ruined us. that. Your comment just ruined my childhood, Pat. I, I know I ruined your childhood. My childhood is and you. Like, I didn't even know you when I was a kid, but you have now gone back and retroactively ruined know, the years from birth until about 14. It's, it's sort of like, and I mean, you know, we evaluate movies, but it's like, you know, so, well, I don't want that. I'm going to get off on a tangent about like, people you know all that kind of thing but my point is Pat, it's Pat, our, our I, I guess i'm just tired podcast, of feeling our whole like podcast a, is a, a tangent or that well it was kind of breaking up what was that i said our whole podcast is a tangent pat right <laughs> you, yeah you, that's you, right we are the tangent no but I, I guess i'm just i'm just tired of of it everything being a threat it's like you know what if this is going to do some good um and and in improve equality in our country or, or maybe not country, but in mm-hmm. the movie industry. Great. Please do it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be threatened by it. I, I just, it. Okay. And I, I mean, if there's, you know, if there's, if this, like anything, if there's problems that are presented, well, we'll then we'll, we'll fix those problems too. We'll, we'll get to those next. I mean, there's always going to be a to-do list of things that we need to improve. And it's like, I, I guess at the outset, it's not affecting my, day to day. So I, I guess wh- like, you know, not that I would ever go on Twitter, but why would I go on Twitter and rant about it? You know, and it all seems to be like, like, you know, people reacting to, well, this is going to be nominated for the award, or this is saying this about the movie. And it's like, why, why be threatened? You know, it's, it's not saying anything. Oh, well, the movie should win on merit because that, the, no, the, it, they, they will, they'll be good movies. I mean, they're not going to put garbage movies out there. I mean, it's, it's not, that's not the way it works. And so I guess I'm just kind of, I'm just like, I'm just kind of, you know, like Bo, I'm going to go back to what Bo said, like the wait and see thing. Hey, that's great. If it can do something for um, racial equality, I, I think, yeah, do it. And like, let's just, ever, you know, let's not, let's not overreact and talk about how that's threatening to us. You know, I mean, there, there's no threat. It, it's, 
They're well, still going to be great movies. And it's, I, I don't. It's you like know. some. It's like some of the stuff that we talk about in the schools when you talk about you know the differences between equality and equity and like all those different words and and what does that mean? Um, you know, because there are differences between those terms. And yeah. I I just kind of go back to and oh I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. Maybe this makes me sound like a communist, but rising tides raise all ships. Mm-hmm. So you know what? If this is an opportunity to bring forward some directors and. I, I make that communist joke just because sometimes my one of my siblings and I, we kind of joke about that because mm-hmm. um, I, I think they are a communist okay. <laughs> or, or at least they've said uh, they, they've said that like, well, you know, if somebody wants to call me that, I'm totally fine with that because at this point I don't Redistribution care. Redistribution of wealth. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to Karl Marx. Absolutely, comrade. Um, but uh, no, I mean, you're going to get. I don't think this is going to drag anything down. Like, I don't see this lowering the quality of anything. If anything, I see it just, I I see the whole thought of bringing more diversity of cast. It's just, it's, it's also diversity of ideas. And when is diversity of ideas ever wrong? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, sure. There are some bad ideas out there, but I think with diversity of ideas, you at least get, you, you get to kind of blend things together and, you know, pick and choose from the good and the bad. And, the, I, you know, so yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think I only see this doing good. Um, yeah. Agreed. So. Yeah. And it's just it's just that it's just that politics of pitting. Well, in politics, maybe too strong a word, but it's that like already seeing something as a threat and as opposed to embracing it and saying, all right, let's give it a shot. It's immediately like, ah, and it's us against them immediately. And it's. You know, I, I just think there's just so much of that yeah. with the us against them, whatever the case may be Yeah. that, you know, and it's easy, you know, you get easy to get people fired up. I, I just, I'm just tired of getting, I'll get fired up about things, but I mean, it's just like, get fired up about things that, that, that matter. Right. I mean, right. you know, yeah. Well, I, I talking about things that matter. Um, yeah. Where were you in October of 1990, Pat? October of 1990. Do you remember where you were, what you were doing? Well, probably something pertaining to Halloween. Okay. Um, Do you remember what costume you had in October of 1990? I think. No, I don't. If I, I'm, I I'm don't, trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to remember back, and I think that 1990 was either. That was either the year that, no, you know, I think that was earlier. There was a year where when I had my costume for school, I got to dress up as Superman. Mm-hmm. But then at home, my mom made me dress up as Mickey Mouse because my sister was Minnie Mouse. Oh. So not a fan at all. And I also was upset about the, the Superman costume because my mom made me wear a mask with the Superman costume. I was like, but mom, Superman doesn't wear a mask. So oh. there was, there was that whole, I don't know why she made me wear a mask. She's like, this goes well. It, I mean, just, it looks nice with the rest of the costume. It's Halloween. You should wear a mask. It was one of those masks that like, just go over. It was like a Lone Ranger kind of mask. A Superman with a mask? It was a Superman with a mask, Pat. That makes him kind of like evil Superman. As, as, as much as it, I mean, it already bothered me that I had to do the Mickey Mouse to match with my sister's Minnie Mouse costume. Yeah. That was already bad enough. I had to wear a mask as Superman. And, and That's as- not- no, as someone, you know, as a fledgling comic See, book guy. you can retcon this. Yeah. Uh-oh. Multiverse gonna... Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, at, the point, at that point, we didn't even know about the multiverse. So, 
it would have been helpful for me to know that as a kid. Trendsetter. Mm-hmm. Trailblazer. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to set it on fire, so I would have been a trailblazer. <laughs> um, no, it's, so it was either that costume in October of 1990. It was either that costume or it was the um, uh, we, we had like a <laughs> here's a, here is sometimes an oxymoron. We had a church Halloween party and um, I think that might have been the year that I did the uh, the Ninja Gaiden costume. Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Nice. That's which, outstanding. Which basically was we, me wearing a black robe and then uh, I think just like a, a black belt across my head. Yeah. But, the you know, black robe might get you in trouble in church. Yeah, it might. Yeah. And I think I had yeah. like little little uh, foil throwing stars or something. Hmm. That would be right. pretty cool. So in uh, in October of 1990, so I've got some uh, some news for us here in October of 1990. The top news that month, uh, October 3rd, the reunification of East and West Germany oh, took place. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was a big one. We got some big stuff for October of 1990. Yeah, that was, that was huge. Yeah. Uh, Almost equally as huge, October 4th of 1990 was the U.S. premiere of Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> mm-hmm. There it is. The, the unification of one of the most attractive casts in all of television in the mm-hmm. 1990s. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be followed up by the creation of the CW network in which every show has completely beautiful people with perfect teeth. And it, Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> Please don't forget perfect hair. Yes, perfect hair as well. I, I remember Always. when I first started watching Arrow and you'd kind of mm-hmm. recommended that. And I said, you know, John, is the CW like, because everyone just is very pretty. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, you can be trapped on a deserted island, you know, and beaten up by the League of Assassins. Yeah. And all this, but your teeth are going to be immaculate. I know. And your and, hair, mm-hmm. and the, a mm-hmm. single strand out of Those, place. And may- the assassins are all pretty cute yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know? D- dare i say your teeth are going to be straight as an arrow yeah oh, mm-hmm. oh there it is yeah there's my nose yeah on the there nose. you go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah so, sort of like in bill and ted even the dirt here is clean yeah. <laughs> but, yes I mean, that's kind of, looking at the cw <laughs> that's, that's that needs know. to be that needs to have been like the cw's tagline when they first started <laughs> like even the dirt here is clean, clean. <laughs> yeah yeah, oh, I, watched, I watched Smallville for ten years, and I'm looking at it going. Hey, even that bale of hay looks good. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Mm. All right. Uh, speaking of immaculate hair, on October 17th, the Green Day singer Billy Joe Armstrong drops out of school to pursue a career in music. Right good for him. Yeah. Uh, October 19th, Dances with Wolves, directed by Kevin Costner, starring Kevin Costner and Mary McDonnell, um, it premieres in Washington D.C. Uh, the it was the Academy Awards Best Picture for 1991. And okay. then October 30th, Britain and France complete the channel under the English channel. Oh, wow. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So what was funny is that the channel, I remember because I didn't move over to England until 91. And I remember hearing about this. So I, I guess I didn't realize that they actually completed the tunnel itself. Um, it was not ready for people to actually use because mm-hmm. whenever we, there were a couple of times that we actually went um that we went from where we lived in England to France and we took the hovercraft across because they had nice. not, they had not finished wow. the, cause they were going to put a train and they were going to put the, you know, the actual highway through the channel mm-hmm. and that stuff was not done by the time we lived there. So we, every time we went across, we did the, the hovercraft from Dover to Calais. Um, but I always kept thinking, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not like horribly claustrophobic, but I, I just, in my mind as a kid, I was like, what if you get stuck? Like, what if your car breaks down halfway through? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like what? It, yeah. What do they? What do they do with all the exhaust fumes? Like what? It, 
and I, I kept asking myself all those questions. I was like, I, I don't like this sounds cool. But then I started thinking about it. I'm like, I, I don't know if this is cool. So I have never, yeah. actually, I've never benefited from, I've never traveled through the channel, but it was finished uh, October 30th of 1990. Uh, deaths this year, deaths in uh, October of 1990, October 14th, Leonard Bernstein, American conductor and composer, West Side Story, dies of a heart attack at age 72. The other one, uh, October 16th, Art Blakely, American jazz drummer, um, dies of cancer at age 71. Did you say Art Blakey? Uh, oh, I typed it wrong. Yep. I think when I typed Just, it in, I actually put I actually put Blakely. Yeah, it's yeah. Art Blakey. Yeah. He's pretty amazing. Okay. That's, a, that's another recommendation we'll throw on there. Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. Fantastic drummer. Nice. Fantastic band leader. I mean, it's, there's, that's, yeah. Nice. I'll talk about Art Blakey for the next hour. Okay. <laughs> I'll pull out my I'll pull out my Art Blakey records and. Okay. Pat, uh, what did you think of the movie tonight? Hang on, check this track out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when so when Dominic gets his drum set, is he going to start playing uh, Art Blakey? Hey man, you know what? It's just we just I mean we try and listen to all the tunes in this house. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He grew up listening to James Brown. It was the only thing that would soothe him as a baby. Well, is you put on some James Brown. You made, know, made him feel it's, good. He, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we try to listen to all the tunes, you know, and then it's like, Dad, can we listen to Bells? Okay, you can pick a tune. Okay, mm -hmm. now, now it's back to me, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, we're just trying to do that. But, yeah, when Dominic gets his drum set, you know, we'll, we've been watching. We'll probably start with videos. Now I'm seeing I'm on the tangent talking about <laughs> drum sets. Sorry. But, yeah, we're going to listen to Art Blakey, Max Roach, Buddy nice. Rich, you know, uh, all those, all the guys, you know. Nice. Louis Nash. <sighs> nice. Jeff Tane Watts. Rock drummers, Neil Perk. We're going to listen to everybody. Listen to everybody. <laughs> Pat, Pat would go all night if we let him. I would just keep naming names because, <laughs> yeah. and now as I'm doing it, I'm like uh -huh. pulling them up like on, into my queue for mm -hmm. iTunes of who I'm going to listen to <laughs> yep. next. I actually, you know what? It's it's due for guys, like witches, tonight. I think the witches was cool. The witches was cool, but I got music to listen to. So like, can we yeah. wrap this up? <laughs> well, the rest of the news for uh, October 1990 top sports on October 3rd, Kansas City third baseman George Brett becomes the first player in Major League Baseball history to win a batting title in three separate decades. One, one in the 70s. He was pretty good, that guy. One in the 70s, one in the 80s, one in the 90s. Uh, top books were Four Past Midnight by Stephen King and The Plains of Passage by Gene M. All. I don't know if I pronounced that one correctly. Top movies were Marked for Death, starring Steven Seagal, and Graveyard Shift, based on a Stephen King short story. Top songs were Close to You by Maxie Priest, Praying for Time by George Michael, I Don't Have the Heart by James Ingram, and Black Cat by Janice Jackson. Jan Let's try that again. Black Hat by Janet Jackson. All right. This movie this time around is The Witches. It came out on the 24th of August, 1990. Rated PG with a runtime of one hour, 31 minutes. Directed by Nicholas Rogue, uh, who died in 2018. He also directed Don't Look Now and Bad Timing. Mark Chivas was a producer. He died in 2008. Uh, he was a producer for The Six Wives of Henry VIII and The Storyteller. Writers in this one were Roald Dahl, who wrote the book. He died in 1990. Uh, and then Alan Scott, who wrote the screenplay. Dahl also wrote You Only Live Twice. I had completely forgotten he wrote the screenplay for one of the James Bond movies. Uh, he also wow. wrote uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Scott wrote Don't Look Now and The Preacher's Wife. Cinematography is done by Harvey Harrison, who also did uh, Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court, the TV movie. 
Music was done by Stanley Myers, who died in 1993, who did The Deer Hunter and Jarhead. Budget for this one was $15.3 million. Box office didn't have any information on that one. Flick Metrics gives this one a 68%, and Cinema Score did not have a score for this one. Starring Angelica Houston, who played Miss Ernst, or the Grand High Witch. She was in The Addams Family and The Grifters. Mai Zetterling, who died in 1994, played Helga. She was the director of the movies Amorosa and The War Game. Jason Fisher played Luke. He was in Hook and Parenthood. Rowan Atkinson played Mr. Stringer. He was Mr. Bean, and uh, he was Mr. Bean, and he was in the Mr. Bean movies, and he was also in Lion King. Bill Patterson played Mr. Jenkins. He was in Kingdom of Heaven and How to Lose Friends and Alienate People. Brenda Blethyn played Mrs. Jenkins. She was in Saving Grace and Pride and Prejudice. Charlie Potter played Bruno Jenkins. He was in Independent Lens, a documentary. And Jane Horrocks played Miss Irvine. She was in Memphis Belle and the TV series Absolutely Fabulous. While staying at a hotel in England with his grandmother, Helga, uh, young Luke inadvertently spies on a convention of witches. The Grand High Witch reveals a plan to turn all children into mice through a magical formula. When they find that Luke has overheard them, the witches test the formula on him. Now, with the help of Helga and the hotel manager, Mr. Stringer, Luke the mouse must fight back against the witches. From the incredible imagination of Jim Henson and director Nicholas Rogue comes a fascinating new fantasy adventure. The Witches. For when a little boy accidentally stumbles into their secret world, he finds they've got a lot more power than he ever imagined. Grandma! It's me, Luke! They turned me into a mouse. Oh, my. Who's the Grand High Witch? Join Luke on his remarkable journey. Bye. Now, the witches are on his tail. Whoa. And he must scurry around their evil plots. Oh. Squeak past every danger. <laughs> Finally setting the trap whoa. Whoa. that will save the world from the witches. You are in for a treat. We must stop them. How do witches make you feel? Hmm. This time around, I sort of felt like it was very campy. Okay. Mm. But I remember being creeped out by these witches, even mm-hmm. in 1990. Like, no thank you very much. Ew, ew, ew. Scary, scary, scary. No. <laughs> like, when I saw this was on the list, I was like, oh my God. This is one of those movies that scared me as a kid. And I know I'm going to watch now and be like, oh, what was I so scared? But man, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like a, that sort of memory sticks with you. So just turning this on, I was like, okay. I'm a grown man now. <laughs> So I'm, I'm going to ask this one. I, I wanted to ask this one a little bit later, but I'm going to ask it now since you kind of brought that up, Bo. Um, this one or Return to Oz? Which one's creepier? I saw them, oddly, I saw them out of order. So I'm going to say in my head this one. Okay. But but it has a lot to do with what age you saw it at. Yeah. Return to Oz, I, 
it was released. I was young enough that I missed it. So I didn't mm-hmm. come back to that until much later. Yeah. And I'm so, pretty sure I saw both of those pretty close to each other. Yeah. This has a, there's a special place in my brain for this movie. And <laughs> <laughs> gives you the willy nillies. It does. It's, it does. It's that involuntary shiver. And you're like, why? It's not even that spooky. But mm-hmm. man, as a, as a nine-year-old kid, yeah, it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. Pat, what nice. about you? Had you seen this one before? Uh, no. So I okay. recently just uh, for this, uh, for the podcast, and um, uh, how did it make me feel? I, you know, yeah, I could see where it was kind of freaky, all right? I thought some of the world building was really, really cool in it. Okay. Um, I like Raul Dahl's books. I, I mean, I've read, a, I can't say I've read all of them, but I know I've read, you know, the Charlie and Chocolate Factory, the Great Glass Elevator. I've read Boy. Um, you know, I, I've read uh, maybe even, I don't know, does he have more books? So I, I feel like I'm pretty comfortable in the Raul, Raul Dahl, you know, with that and and the parts that I think came from the book, like the the world building, I think came through very strong and 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 it was it was pretty cool. I mean, so so yeah, and I I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to go negative, and that's why I'm kind of stumbling. There were some cool parts to it. There were some other parts where it it kind of felt a little uh, a little empty sort of like I, I wasn't sure how to feel and honestly I think it comes down to where they put the music and how they use the music um, and I gotta be honest and maybe I missed it it, it was kind of like it, uh, what was the point like I don't get why the action was going on I know what the witches were trying to do but then it seemed to be kind of like one scene going into the other and I'm not sure how is this driving towards the end like what is their goal you know they've turned into mice what are they trying to do to you know to stop the witches and and get turned out of being mice and so like I said I I I felt like the movie kind of wandered just a little bit and uh, my attention with it. So there was some, there was some freaky parts. There were some scattered parts and just some really cool world building, but it, but it had some gaps. It said it had some holes, you know? So I guess that's how it made me feel. Okay. Well, what about you, Pat? Uh, this one or return to Oz? Which, which one's creepier? As, in terms of I like better or being freakier? All right, which one's cre- freakier, creepier? Um, I don't, you know, I, I might, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give us, uh, I'll give a, a contrary opinion with what uh, Bo was saying. I guess, I guess maybe Return to Oz, maybe because you're in a, in a different land. You know, you got taken out and you're in a different land and there's all different sorts of creatures coming at you. In this one, there's witches and there's rules and as long as you know the rules you can combat the witches so you know you got a little bit of home field advantage on that one as long as you look for the people with square feet yeah yeah which frankly i i feel their pain i mean i i'm always in between sizes you know i always yeah. got to go with the like the the wide shoes which are always not easy to find and so i get it right. i mean if i don't i don't know if that's why they want to kill children but you know, yeah, I wouldn't take it that far, but 
right. Well, for me, this one, I, Bo, I think I'm along the same lines as you. Like, I remember watching this as a kid and being freaked out when I saw this movie. And I think it probably was they pull the face when she pulls the face off the first time. Yes. When the they pull the, when they pull the, the face mask off. Yeah. Yep. Yep. When they pull their faces off and especially the grand high, witch, and you know, she pulls her face off and all of a sudden she's this hideous thing underneath. Um, and you know, I, I think that as a kid that creeped me out. Um, the, when they do like the transformation, uh, when Bruno gets transformed into a mouse, that whole thing. I mean, and that's to the credit of Jim Henson and, you know, the the creature effects that they did in this movie is just how, even though this is from 1990, like you get some pretty, you know, some pretty extensive special effects, you know, practical effects stuff done here. Now, when the Grand High Witch, you know, starts to get at the end of the movie, when she starts to get turned into kind of like this witch rat thing, um, it's maybe a little bit more cartoonish than mm-hmm. the rest of the other effects in the movie. Um, but still, I remember as a kid, that's still looking really creepy to me as an adult, not quite so much, um, yeah. you know, but feeling that that was, that was really creepy as a kid. Um, and I think some of it is because of that effects work that it was so very realistic, you know, the mice, the way that they were able to make, you know, the mice look so lifelike. Um, so that's, that's a credit to Jim Henson for that piece of it. But yeah, no, as a kid, I remember this movie creeped me out um, as an adult. No, not at all. Like yeah. barely scary at all um, as an adult. But I remembered so much of it when I was watching it that I remember, yeah. oh man, I remember this scene. Like I remember, I remember Bruno. He like, he would eat everything in sight. Like I really felt like I <laughs> connected know, with Bruno. <laughs> yeah. You know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the transformations. I had forgotten about that. I, I might have to change my answer because the transformations where the kids were all like, whoa, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that was a little intense that, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, you know what? I can maybe I blocked it out I, and I didn't think of that, but you're right. That, that was pretty intense, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think the return to Oz had anything like that. Well, uh, return know. to Oz had kind of its own. <laughs> I get yeah, it. return to Oz had her hooked up to that machine, right? Weren't they getting a shocker yeah, or something? She, she was in like the mental hospital at the beginning of the movie. And, oh yeah. yeah, there was that. I don't know. It, it's kind of going back and forth. Yeah. Remember that was, I mean, we did that one like, a, what was that our first year or first or second year that we were doing the show? It was early on. Yeah. And I, I remember that one because I remember thinking at the time, I remember, I think I made the point of saying the only thing that would made this whole like mental asylum thing even creepier is if like one of the orderlies was like whispering or like a um, whistling somewhere over the rainbow and like, just yeah. throw that in there and oh, <laughs> well, yeah, no, that'd be, that'd be a little twisted. No. Well, I, between the two, I, I would have to go with Return to Oz. Like that movie, even still, like there is so much about that movie. This one, once I get past kind of the, the, the special effects part of it and the kind of the creepiness of those transformations and how the Grand mm-hmm. High Witch looks and everything else, there is just so much in Return to Oz that is still very, very freaky. You know, even mm-hmm. as an adult, some of it like the the headless, you know, Mombi, the headless body, um, you know, the wheelers, the the gnome king, like all that stuff is just yeah. super creepy and, and still super creepy. But um, yeah, I, I didn't watch this one with the kids. I know John would have been okay watching it, but Nora, I, I think I showed a picture. I said, "Do you want to see a picture of what the main witch looks like?" She's like, "Yeah, show me that." I was like, "Okay, here you go." She's like, "Nope, don't want to see it. Not gonna watch it." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, that's totally fine. You don't have to. I said it has really cute mice in it. She's like, that's fine. They can be cute. 
they, I don't have to see them be cute. <laughs> yeah. You, you told me, I believe you. I'm like, okay, cool. All right. We won't worry yeah. about that one then. So, but no, I, I remember watching this movie. Um, I don't know if we saw it in the theater, but I remember watching it pretty, pretty soon after it would have come out. Um, was always a fan of, of the Roald Dahl stories. Love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, you know, the, I think we also read The Great Glass Elevator, I think was the other book. Uh, so when this one came out, it's like, oh, cool. That's, I, I don't know if I, I'm trying to remember if we read the book as kids. I don't know that we read the book as kids. Have either of you read The Witches? Mm-mm. No. No. Okay. Mm-mm. So, yeah, but I just, yeah, I remember just being completely creeped out by this movie as a kid. Um, and I think, I think part of it too, I remember the one scene in particular that really creeped me out even more so maybe than, um, or the, or the one that lasted with me the longest was the idea of the little girl being trapped in the painting. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, and even, they don't, I mean, they the, don't the, resolve witch, that. the witch was creeped. Well, she died. Yeah. But then didn't she come back in the, in the hotel one? No, that was a different kid. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that that goes, that's creepy. And I thought that was, you know, and then they show her and she sat and I just thought that was a cool aspect to the world building. I'm like, that's, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. So I remember one, one of our last episodes, I think Jeff had mentioned that they were doing a remake of the witches. So I'd be curious to see, I'd be curious to see, well, I would imagine that a remake of this is probably going to need to be PG, maybe PG 13. Um, I would imagine they're going to make it a little scarier. And Mm -hmm. I, but I mean, some of those things, like you said, the world building part of it, like you get all the rules of the witches like upfront as the grandmother is sharing everything. And, and like, it made me think she's got all these stories and she's got a missing finger and, and you know, all this other stuff. And I'm thinking, all right, there's a prequel for you right there. If you want to go back to like, you know, grandma, grandma, Buffy, witch hunter, um, then you could totally make a prequel to this and show how she lost her finger. And, you know, what did, what did she, how did she get all this knowledge about witches? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I know it does a, does a great job of, of sharing all that information with you and, um, and just those, those kind of flashbacks you see with her at the beginning of the movie, as she's telling the story about her childhood friend that got, um, is the one that got trapped in the painting and, and everything else just so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it definitely was. Well, and I don't want to preempt too much, but that's where it kind of got into some of the stuff I was confused about was what was the witch's motivation? What were, what were they trying to do? Just like world domination and abuse kids. Okay. I mean, that's fine. But that seemed to be like, I, I wasn't sure what all the different parts were driving to. You know what I'm saying? Like what, why was the kid doing what he was doing? Why was the, you know, the witches doing they, what they were doing? Like, how did the story wrap up in the end? I still don't know why the one witch turned him back in the end. Right. Cause that one, didn't she zap him and then he exploded naked out of his train. Is that supposed to mean something? I, I don't <laughs> know what that's supposed to mean. And I was sort of like, Oh, naked. Okay. Yeah, I suppose. But even Hulk gets you, a pair of pants. You, I mean, come on. You, right? talk, you talk about that in trains and I'm thinking about, um, uh, Alfred Hitchcock movies. <laughs> mm. there's, yeah. a, there's a tunnel ahead. Um, yeah, I, I mean, those are some of the things that I think, I think the story starts to tell. And like you said, it does a good job of the world building, but then it just like some of it just kind of falls off. Because yeah. yes, I like, what is it? Are they trying to kill all the children? And if so, all right. So they kill all the children. Yeah. Well, what next? Like, are people going to stop having more children? 
Yeah. Or then are you just going to continue to have like these weird plots to kill? And you're not even necessarily killing the children because if you think about it, you know, you're, you're introducing these, this like chocolate and this candy and this other stuff, and it's going to transform them into mice, but that doesn't mean they're dead. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Watching this as an adult like poop everywhere. Well, that's true. Um, watching this as an adult, the, the witches were a lot less menacing than they were as kids. Like as a kid, I kept thinking, yeah. wow, these, these things are evil. Like they're going to turn everybody into mice and that's horrible. And then as an adult, I'm like, wait, so they're just turning the kids into mice. Yeah. They're not, they're, right. not, they're not actually killing them. Huh? Yeah. All right. Well, that's a lot less scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was there a particular scene in this movie? Now, I mentioned the one about the painting. Um, was there a particular scene in this movie that um, either if you watched it as a kid or you're watching it now, like that, you were either like, wow, that's like, that's creepy or that's kind of cool. Like, is there one that kind of jumped out at you and you're like, this is the scene I'm going to remember this movie for? Oh, it's the one I mentioned earlier when they take their face, when she takes her face off the first time. Mm-hmm. And the uh, yeah, witch convention. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. just the thought of a witch convention mm-hmm. was enough to freak me out back then. Yeah, yeah. I um, I gotta be honest. When she pushed the baby carriage off the cliff, mm-hmm. that was that was a little intense. And yeah. again, it was like, what was your motivation for that? You were chasing the kid, but then all the action stopped, and you shoved the baby that then the kid saved on his way to like, I, I, that, uh, why, why is like, what is everyone's motivation that, that I struggled with that. Um, but I'd say the scene was, was pushing the baby carriage. I'll tell you too, that the stuff that I liked is, you know, the music, you know, they, if you, people that listen to the soundtrack show know that, um, uh, uh, David W. Collins on the soundtrack show does some pretty amazing stuff and he has the whole episode dedicated to the DS Irae Gregorian chant mm-hmm. because the DS Irae is, you know, the music equivalent for doom and gloom and and um, it's in just about every movie and sometimes it's really disguised, sometimes not. I mean, it was pretty prominent in here uh, and they had a really cool treatment of the DS Irae theme and they had clashing trumpet harmonies over it and the, and the whole, they gave it the whole works and the scene where he first goes to play with his mice, which named William and Mary, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but uh, you know, he's got William and Mary, the mice, and when he walks into that conference room, you hear that, that bomb, 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 bomb. And I'm just like, ooh, that's cool. Like, but then the problem was like nothing happened then. It was just him playing. It was later the witches came in and then the music, they cut the music out. So it, it, it seemed a little bit out of kilter where, okay, you're putting in this doom and gloom, this intense music, but then it's silent when the witches all show up and plot world domination but then when he and his buddy are transforming into mice i don't think there's really any like super scary music and then when they're running away okay it's scampering and the music's a little lighter and you know silly and oh okay this is going to be okay i i don't know it's like the music was out of sync with the movie so i it whether it was silent and i wasn't sure how to feel or it was coming in and it's like oh man something really bad is going to happen but it ended up not being anything bad happening. And then later when there was bad stuff happening, they didn't quite have music that told you it was bad stuff and how bad it was. So you, you really were unsure of how to feel. I mean, 
again, I'm not sure why she shoved the baby over the cliff in the baby buggy, but that would have been a perfect time to put that doom and gloom music in. Cause it's like, Oh my gosh, you're trying to kill it. A kid. I, I don't know. So that just seemed to be a little out of sorts. The scary scene was pushing the baby, but that's, you know, the scenes that I struggled with, it didn't seem that the music was necessarily in alignment with whatever was going on on screen. Yeah. I, there was just a few things watching this as an adult. I mean, again, as a kid, I remember this being creepy. I remember like the special effects, the practical effects, the everything else. I, it, it really worked. And, and I had not watched this for years just because I think at the time I was like, yeah, this creeped me out as a kid. I don't think I need to see this again. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where watching it as an adult, like, there were several things about this movie that didn't work, you know, nostalgia wise. I was like, Oh yeah, I remember this part. Oh yeah. I remember this part. Hey, those, the special effect, the creature effects, those are amazing. But then story-wise, I was like, eh. no, there's a lot of holes here. <laughs> there's, okay, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that's either not fulfilled. Um, you know, there are things that they kind of lay down. It's not fulfilled. There's a lot of parts that are confusing. Like, I spent much of the movie watching it this time going, okay, wait a minute. Does Grandma know the Grand High Witch? Or does she not know the Grand High Witch? Because yeah. it was kind of like there were there were bits and pieces where it was like she made it sound like she had been hunting for the Grand High Witch her entire life. And then when they saw each other, like they didn't recognize each other. But then later on in the movie, it was almost like they really did know each other and they had been lifetime adversaries. And I don't know. They just it was kind of this weird, awkward, like almost like a back and forth of, of inconsistency with the character, with the writing for the character, or maybe how the dialogue played out or whatever it might've been. But yeah, that was one of the things this time that, that I, I kept kind of, I almost had to like rewind a couple of scenes and be like, okay, wait a minute. What did she just say? Cause do they know each other or do they not know each other? Yeah. I, I, I noticed that too. Um, and I, you know, the grandma and the, the grand poobah, witch, just what was their relationship? I wonder if the book kind of filled in some more of the holes and gave the backstories. And I wonder if in reading it in the book, it just flows a lot better, you know? Yeah. I, um, it's funny because that's kind of how sometimes in a way that's, I, I came at it the other way with the Harry Potter movies. You know, I've read the books before I saw the movies and when I saw the movies, it always felt like, oh, you're leaving this stuff out. How would someone watching this movie without having read the book feel? Would it make sense or would they be, you know, feel like there were holes in there? And I, I can't get that experience because I've already read the book. So I, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to say it's the same as Harry Potter, but I mean, that's that's kind of what I think of with this is I wonder I'd like to read the book and just see how much it fills in and if it makes the movie a better experience, you know. Oh, you made it sound like that was kind of something for you too, that you weren't, you weren't a hundred percent sure on what that relationship was. Yeah. They, it definitely feels like one of those moments where if they'd added five more minutes to the movie and explained a little more character exposition, you totally would have gotten it because you're right. Either they are old enemies. They just know of each other somehow, mm-hmm. which leads you to think that grandma is a lot more important than she pretends to be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or they just know of each other as 
witches and witch huntress and somehow they smell each other funny i don't know like mm-hmm. i definitely feel like there are a couple places in this movie where i went back because i thought i had missed story points that just weren't there mm-hmm. yeah. um and that was one of them the other one honestly was at the beginning just the whole setup of the whole thing was a little clunky mm-hmm. yeah and i don't remember thinking that as a kid i remember being frightened but i also remember enjoying the movie yeah so but i i definitely wonder if there's some material left on the cutting room floor that well that's what i i think i would have liked to have seen a little bit more of that that type of where she has that where she's explaining the you know witches this is why you should be careful of witches because they can do this and and they look like this and they have the purple eyes and they have that and you get that flashback in the beginning of her as a little girl and her friend is the one getting trapped in the painting i think to your point this movie would have benefited from let's keep going forward in time and show you know what does if, if she's kind of dedicated her life to knowing about witches and looking for the Grand High Witch, let's see like 20 or 30 something, you know, Grandma Helga. And mm-hmm. what is she doing at that age? And it, you don't have to show much, but just show maybe maybe do a, another voiceover with a little bit of a flashback. And what was it like in her 20s or 30s? What was she doing in her 40s and 50s? And now she's probably, I don't know what we, what we figure she is. She's probably in her at least 60s, um, mm-hmm. you know, and what led up to this point? Like, I think that's where it would have helped me, even if it was just a quick, it didn't, wouldn't even have to necessarily been more than like 60 seconds, but have just a little bit more of a throughout time, make the grand high witch and make these other witches a little bit more menacing by showing Mm -hmm. what their, what their influence has been throughout the years. Otherwise, if they're just picking off like the individual kid every now and then throughout the decades. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's kind of creepy, but it's, you know, it's not like it's, super menacing and evil and I mean it is evil but yeah it's not like you should feel this impending danger because of how horrible these witches are right right no so. I hear you but I and, and maybe that's so I'll be curious to see the, the remake for it now I'll be curious to see if they take any of that and and you know run with that idea and, and maybe fill in some of those plot holes that that this one ended up having yeah. All right. Well, do we have anything else to say about witches before we go into our three questions? I don't think so. I'm just curious. Who is the witch that freed him from the train? Oh, so that was, remember, that was the Grand High Witch's assistant. Mm-hmm. Why did she decide Why did she decide to free him? Was well, she really a good guy? And That's a good question, Pat. So either she was, she good she was witch a good a witch. witch. She was a good I'd witch. Like a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so either she was a good witch the entire time or she was a bad witch and she turned good or because, I mean, they do mention at one point when he is a mouse, the grandmother says, well, maybe we can find a good witch to turn you back. So okay. clearly there are good and bad witches. Um, yeah. So I don't know, because the other thing, too, is uh, I think at least the Grand High Witch, when she used her powers, uh, mm-hmm. You know, her eyes were purple and her power, the beams that she shot out were all purple. Um, this witch had a different color. I think it was green, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was green. So, I mean, she had slightly different powers. Um, she seemed like she didn't necessarily want to be there. Like a lot of her, a lot of stuff she was saying kind of contradicted the Grand High Witch. And, you know, she was still kind of her assistant. But, yeah, I don't know. 
And I think, yeah. I think Pat, to your point, the, when they're in the hotel and there's the little kid that's in the painting in the hotel, right? Isn't it that the grand high witch, she walks past and like looks at the painting and the little kid in the painting makes like, not, I don't know, it's like a screaming sound or like a whimpering sound, or there's some kind of a sound when the grand high witch walks by and looks at the kid. Okay. And, and then I think this good witch, um, what was her name? Miss Irvine. Yeah. That was her character's name. She walks by. And I think after that, the kid disappears and is gone. Okay. So looking back and, and you don't get much of a sense that she's a good witch at that point. So looking back after having watched the movie, I'm thinking, okay, well, did she free the kid or did she put the kid out of its misery or, you know, the kid's gone from the painting now. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing or a merciful thing or I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And so then his buddy did his bed. Uh, did his buddy ever turn back from being a mouse? Well, I mean, they yelled at the good witch at the end. They're like, don't forget Bruno. And she's like, okay. But I mean, oh, okay. you know, she could have gotten halfway down the road and been like, that's eh, kind of far to drive. Yeah. You know, the, I don't know. The, the kid would, the kid could, uh, that kid likes to eat a lot of food. He could probably take a few turns on the little mouse wheel before she turns him back. And yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of implied that yes, that she found that she'll go find him later and that she will, you know, turn him back into a human. And yeah. So the, the scream, the screams, the screamy lady was kind of annoying. Yeah. Especially what's his name's mom. That was always just like, <gasps> ah! uh -huh. it's like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Enough, enough, yeah. just enough. Just stop. Just stop it. Yeah. They, yeah. they didn't, they didn't get the whole keep calm, carry on thing. Yeah. It might not All apply. Right, those were my May not apply with witches. I don't know. I don't know. No. That, it's, it's all right. Those, those were my final thoughts on the movie. Okay. All right. All right. Well, in that case, we got three questions. I want to play a game. God, each trap about five questions. What's your favorite scary movie? Well, were psychos or? They look like psychos. Is that what they look like? They were vampires. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a f how crazy they are. Please, mister, this is insane. Boy, the next word that comes out of your mouth better be some brilliant, because it's definitely getting chisel on your tombstone. All right, three questions, three terrifying questions. Question number one. Uh, and once again, I decided to spring these on you guys, uh, partially because eh, I didn't have time. And also partially because I think it's kind of fun to just spring them on you sometimes and just see what you come with, come up with on the fly. Uh, so question number one, favorite movie about or featuring witches, which there are so many times and I don't know, I never actually saw the movie. Um, but there's so many times I would like to use the, uh, the sound clip from the trailer for Anchorman 2. <laughs> I remember there was one of the trailers, one of the previews for Anchorman 2, where they're going down the line and like Will Ferrell's like, yeah, in this movie, it's the sequel and we're doing things a little differently. And they go down the line and everybody says something about the movie and it gets to Steve and he just goes, in this movie, we play witches. <laughs> and everybody just stops and they're like, no, Brick, that, that's not true. That's not, that's not this movie at all, isn't it? I just, I want to, I want to use that sound bite just all the time right now. That's so, awesome. Favorite movie about or featuring witches. And if you were a teenage boy in the nineties, if, if you were a teenage boy in the nineties, you might've said the craft, but please continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, it had, it had, uh, 
crossed my mind. <laughs> Are you going Harry Potter? I'm going Harry Potter. Okay. I'm going Harry Potter. I don't know if I've I, I don't know too. if I've seen the craft. I, I've seen the craft maybe later. Yeah. Maybe? I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I. I could just watch i could just look at the movie poster and then just save the hour and a half of watching the movie you know yeah, yeah you i mean yes are you said you're saying harry potter as well um, yeah just for me i mean it, because what harry potter does is it is probably the most well-rounded story decent oh. movie like yeah but there are some some favorites out there i mean you know Hocus Pocus. How can we forget? Yeah. Okay. That was Practical always like we, magic. We had to watch. <laughs> we we watched Hocus Pocus probably at least. I don't know. Like, whenever it hit October every year, I think we watched Hocus Pocus three or four times. Oh, and then. Oh wow, the witches of Eastwick. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that one in a while. There's a lot of good ones, but Harry Potter's pretty pretty solid. You can't really yeah. complain about Harry Potter. I, I don't know. I don't know if I've seen the, the ones that you mentioned. I don't know if I've seen those, or at least if I've seen them, they're far enough back in my consciousness that I just don't remember it. Right. Uh, I mean, I've heard of the the names, but did you uh, did you guys when it came out? Did you watch the Blair Witch Project? I did not. Okay. I remember a lot of people going to see that one in the theater. Like that was kind of the big deal. That was one of the big movies I remember in 99. It was, we were, we were seniors in high school, you know, and you, Bo and I were in 99. And I remember that being kind of a big deal was, yeah. I remember like two of the most popular movies I felt like at least with some of my friends that year were the matrix and the Blair witch. Yeah. I never ended up seeing it in the theater, but I remember a couple of years later, I think I watched it in college. I, I, uh, I used to work at a place, uh, right in that time, summer, summer work from college i came home and i worked uh basically as a summer temp over where my dad worked and i shared a cubicle with a guy that that was not a summer temp i mean he was you know full-time professor and he was he became a really really great friend i really got to reach out to him but he was huge into movies we would always talk movies and uh i i really want to every so often i call him i'm like hey do you remember from like 25 years ago that guy pat can get you know and i'm trying all this kind of thing anyways i remember him talking a lot about the blair witch project and so i i just and it was something we would constantly debrief and he would talk about you know it's awesomeness. Right. And, uh, I didn't do horror movies. So, I mean, I didn't go see it, but I knew enough of the story that it was like, dude, that's pretty freaky stuff. And, uh, I, I'm going to say something that could be potentially Blair, Witch spoiler. So giving it time, go for it. But, uh, it was funny because he says, and just if you start to think, okay, that movie's not real, it's just pretend, you know, I mean, blah, 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 blah. He says, reframe it so that it's not some supernatural witch, but some kind of weird cult, you know, mm-hmm. of people. And he says, that brings that horror right back front and center and gets you sucked right back. You know, and so he had he had all these deep thoughts about it. And, and it was, you know, and that was kind of an interesting perspective, like, because that movie could potentially be that, you know, it's OK, there's no supernatural. It's just a bunch of psychos, you know. <laughs> Have you guys seen psychos? Dust Till Dawn? Psychos? Guys- Do they look like psychos? Just, they were vampires. <laughs> Psychos, I was just going to reference that one. Psychos do not burst into flames when sunlight hits them. I don't care how crazy they are. 
that was such a great. What was the guy's name that 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 played him? Um, uh, and it was George Clooney was the other one. Yeah. But I forget the guy that. Man, was, it was awful. Were they was psychos? It, was it Cheech? I think so. Yeah. 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 And it was. Were they psychos? And, and, and were, then George were they, Clooney were they was psychos? fantastic. <laughs> were they psychos? Were they psychos? Psychos? Were they psychos? No, psychos don't burst into. I mean, it's just yeah. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. I'm 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 gonna have to I'm gonna have to edit some of this out here, but uh, let's let's do this. Well, were they psychos? Or? They look like psychos. Is that what they look like? They were vampires. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. <laughs> <laughs> It's, See, the, now, it's the I don't care I how crazy they are part that makes it truly art. <laughs> that is, I haven't seen that in a long time. I think God. I think we're gonna watch that, that was, tonight. That was one of my I that was one of my favorite movies when I was just on the entire kick of I just wanted to see everything that Quentin Tarantino had ever made. Um, the fact that that came out after I had kind of gotten hooked on Pulp Fiction being one of my favorite movies at that yeah. time, then all of a sudden Dust Till Dawn comes out. I'm like, wait, well, hold hold. Yeah. Hold on. Wait. It's the true. guy who he made Pulp Fiction made a vampire movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those moments when you're like, ooh, this guy pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't care how crazy they are. <laughs> That's the best part. I don't care. Psychos how crazy do not they are. burst into flames. <laughs> I don't care how crazy flames. they are. Burning, <laughs> burning, sunlight, holy water. Um, what? Why did you pick this place? I don't know. <laughs> I just drove by. It always looked like a great place. <laughs> oh, there's, there's all kinds of other stuff I could quote from that movie, but not because we're a family friendly podcast. Right? Family show. Yep. Family show. Yeah. Family show. Cannot quote most of From Dust Till Dawn, but I can't wait till we get to that one later on. Right? What is oh, that one? What is man. that one? Is that 96? It's got to be around 96, I think. Oh, that would make dang. sense. Yeah. Dang. That All was right. a fun movie. So I, for my choice, I think I got to go in terms of a movie with witches. Um, I might have to go. I think I might have to go return to Oz. Oh, there you go. Like, I like that movie. It's just so it's so creepy and it's just so much fun. And it's got the good witches. It's got the bad witches. Uh, my sister would probably would be upset with me that I did not choose Hocus Pocus, but um, I, I think I got to go. Oh, and then. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I got to go. I got to go return to Oz. Now, the one, because I was looking at a list earlier of like, you know, some movies with ha that have witches in them. The one that I'm going to, that I'm going to comment on that I watched because, and here was my mistake, I watched because I was trying to go through a whole set of horror movies because for a long time I didn't watch horror. I just, I couldn't do it. So I didn't watch horror movies. And then there was a stretch time where I was like, you know what? They don't really scare me anymore. So I'm just going to go watch everything I've missed. Like mm -hmm. from the early 2000s on, I had not watched any horror movies pretty much after high school. Um, okay. You know, a little bit in college, but like from about 2005 on, I had not watched any horror at all. Okay. And so I started to go back and rewatch some of them. So then I started going back and saying, okay, well, what other movies are like classic horror that if, if somebody says, oh, if you like horror, you've got to see this movie. And mm -hmm. so I started to go back through some of those lists and I went and watched a movie that is that, that witches feature prominently in this movie. And people were saying, oh, it, it is one of the greatest horror movies of all time. It, one of the greatest of all time. And I was like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> like it came out in 1977. I'm like, okay, well, Star Wars year. So sure, let's let's give this one a try. Um directed and written by Dario Argento and uh, also written by Daria Nicolotti. Um and so this one is called Suspiria. And oh. I was told by all these different online lists and, and people who claim they know things about movies. This is one of the greatest horror movies ever created. And I watched this movie and it's, and, and I, mm, no, <laughs> no, I'm going to use the same voice that I use when our dog starts to eat his bed. No, <laughs> no, don't do that. Was the movie horrifying and just wrong? No. Or were the people just wrong? It wasn't horrifying at all. It was, it was incomprehensible. Pat, I don't know what happened in this movie. Okay. It was one of these. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to, because, because we are not professional critics, I'll just go ahead and say, um, it, I'm watching this movie and it's, I'm sure. And, and a lot of these other reviews, they're like, oh, just his use of color and and the the abstract ideas brought to life through the color palette of the movie. And, the, and I just I was watching this movie going, I don't know what's happening. I'm an educated person and I don't know what's happening in this movie. I cannot make sense of it. I'm sure it's one of the these very avant garde artsy horror films. Yeah. But I'm watching this and I'm just going, uh, no, yeah, no, no, that I just, yep. whatever the runtime yep. of this movie yep. was, I, yep. I wasted the time in watching it and the like 10 to 15 minutes it took me to find the list that mentioned I should watch it. So apparently they did a remake either last mm -hmm. year or a couple of years ago. So I, maybe I'll go watch the remake, but you no, know, the original 1977 Suspiria, which movie? No, no, a little, little okay. too, uh. A little too out there for me. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. All, All right. right. Question number two. If you were going to be trapped inside of a painting, which painting would you choose to be trapped inside of? Cafe at night. The Van Gogh. I'd sit nice. at that cafe and drink wine all night. Come on now. There you go. I, I don't know of a specific painting, but give me some time and I'm sure I'll find one. Some rendering of the... Uh, coast of ireland mm. yeah just give me i mean you know some nature seaside and uh i think i'd be i think i'd just be just fine nice uh i would choose i am a i am a big edward hopper fan so i'm going to choose nighthawks okay you know, not a fan of coffee, but I'm sure they do serve any some stuff other than coffee in the little diner there. But uh, um, that one I would either do uh, I, probably my, some of my two favorite paintings would be um, the Nighthawks painting or would be the other one. Um, is it called New York movie? I think mm -hmm. is what it's called. I think it's okay. called New York movie and it's a painting where you can see it's, it's the painting is almost kind of split in half on the left-hand side. You see a bunch of people watching a movie in this kind of very old style movie theater. And on the right side of the painting, there's a woman just kind of standing like up against a wall and she's either thinking about something or she's crying or, or something. And I just, I really like that painting. Okay. So, you know, either that one or Nighthawks, I'd probably choose Nighthawks cause there's other people to talk to and, 
Okay. So uh, that's, yeah. You know, art is something I, I just have to know a lot more of. It's funny because I just, I, I, I like, uh, impressionism. You could do, hey, you could do I the mean, dogs. You could do dogs playing poker if you want to. I could, I don't like playing poker though. Oh, okay. Um, Honestly, I like um, all, the, all the Star Trek you've watched and you don't like playing poker. I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> play poker. Oh, you would not be invited to the game then. I would not be invited to the game. But, you know, that's <laughs> hey, that's 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 what it is. I you know what? I I, 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 I know. really poker. Worf, poker may not be your game. How about a spelling bee? <laughs> <laughs> How about a spelling contest? Um, if you were any other man. <laughs> I, uh, I like impressionism and I'm not just saying that mm -hmm. because that's the only art like time period that I know, but mm -hmm. I really like impressionistic art. And I just, I was like, I'm sure Monet has done seascapes and there's like 20 of them listed there. So yeah. I would just, I'll, I, I, I can't pretend to be an expert, but I would just say a seascape by Monet would be the painting I would like to be trapped in. Okay. So, all right. And I almost, I was almost with you, Bo. I almost went Starry Night because that's one of my other favorites. So I would have, mm -hmm. I would have done that one too. Yeah. All right. Final question. Question number three. Uh, do you have a favorite rolled doll story? Yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. That's the, that's the easy one. I guess if I had to like dig a little deeper, I'd go James and the Giant Peach, but Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for sure. Yeah. Yeah, boy. You know what? Now you bring up James and the Giant Peach. I'm trying to, I got to look at all the stories there. Those are all just so good. Well, some of the big ones, you've got like James and the Giant Peach. You've got the BFG. You've got the Witches. Uh, mm -hmm. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, what else we got? Matilda um, was a classic. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that he co-wrote. So here are some other ones. He co-wrote um, uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and you only live, you only live twice, which I thought was really funny. That's right. You know what? Who else wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Was it? Um, um, mm. Hang on a second. Because you, you mentioned one of the Bond things. Yeah, Chitty Ian Fleming Chitty wrote bang bang. some of it. Yeah. Ian, Fle yeah. Ian Fleming wrote some of Chitty yeah. Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. So when you mentioned that, it was like, man, it's there's a connection with the Bond thing, which I don't know if that, you know. But I'll I'll throw the other one out there that I found intriguing. You know, all his books. There was one called Boy, which I think was about him growing yeah. up. Yep. Um, and I I just there's parts of that that I remembered, mm -hmm. you know, that stuck out and kind of it gave a lot of the why. Uh, that were some of the books that from his imagination um, came from. Yeah. But so I'll, I'll throw, I, I mean, I, Char Charlie and the chocolate factory has to be the number one, but maybe not. I don't know. Boy was, was pretty cool. And his worlds that he creates are very, very distinctive. Yes. You know, I mean, yeah. and that's where then this movie, I thought one of the strengths was just that world building mm -hmm. that took place. Yeah. So Yeah cool stuff man and sometimes i mean kind of a he, he can be a bit morbid sometimes but it's a, it's almost that that very distinctive kind of british children's author sense of humor mm -hmm. like sometimes there's some stuff in the story that 
yikes, you'd put that in a kid's story. Like, yeah. <laughs> is, is that appropriate for children? Um, yeah. but then at the same time, it's like, you have these like very elaborate worlds that have been created, you know, as a children's author that it just, it seems to work. And so I mm-hmm. think as a kid, I remember reading his books and I, at any other time I might've been quote unquote, I'm using quote fingers too old for Roald Dahl. But I think mm-hmm. because of his, his writing sensibility, that as an older kid, I was still like, all right, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Like it's not, this is not like little baby stories. It's not baby stuff. Um, right. This is, this guy's, you know, not, it's a kid's story, but the guy's a little twisted. Yeah. 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 Nope. I agree. Yeah. So I think I got to go Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for that one too. Cause that's, I, I think at least books of his that I read on my own that weren't read to me. Um, I remember reading the um the great glass elevator and charlie and the chocolate factory that i I actually chose to read those on my own uh whereas i think james and the giant's peach we um you know we read those together or i think bfg we might have read together but yeah all right well those are our three questions and that's going to do it for the witches in this podcast we talked about witches um so that's gonna do it for this one that's gonna do it for this episode and we are marching on through the rest of our horror month here in the month of october next week we've got stephen king's it the original 1990 uh, tv series the two-part tv series uh we've got jacob's ladder tremors and misery Mm. all coming up Mm. so fun movies yeah so we got some good ones coming up um i will admit that i had not up until watching it for the podcast i had not seen this version of it before and i had not seen jacob's ladder before i had seen the other ones but i haven't seen jacob's ladder i haven't seen it okay a lot of hours yeah yeah there's a lot of hours i put some hours in and there were more hours of watching (laughs) yes it was Uh it was it was exciting yeah so so we got some good stuff coming up um but in the meantime if you want to check us out go to 30podcast.com uh you can find and hopefully at some point soon maybe i can get that website uh, updated and and looking very very pretty uh maybe get an updated website there for everybody um but yeah go to 30podcast.com you can find all of our other episodes there um learn more about the show Uh, i think we've also got the voting for next year to kind of help us uh, pick out which movies we're going to be taking looking at like uh, let's try that in other words yeah. Um, Paul, the walrus is dead. The <laughs> walrus is dead. Freddy is the devil. Freddy is the devil. Um, so 30podcast.com. I started in on the Good Morning Vietnam stuff again. I, I, it happens hey, every show. It, it actually it had been a little while. I was kind of proud of myself for you know reining it in just a little bit. I'm kind All of right. proud of you too. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, at Thirty Podcast on the different social medias, our voicemail line is eight seven two three five six six eight four three. If you want to reach out and touch us, um, that's an old reference that is going to sound really awkward if you didn't know the old AT and T commercials. <laughs> um, <laughs> But you've all seen but, Bill and Ted. Let's reach out and touch someone, right? Right. We right. Know so if mean. you've seen Bill and Ted, you, yeah. 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 What number am I thinking of right now? Okay. Yeah. Um, so thank you for everybody for being here with us this <laughs> week. Um, we've, we've gotten through the children's Halloween movie. Now we're going to get on to the really scary stuff. So um, yeah. we will see you back here next week for Stephen King's It. Um, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. And we'll see you back here next time. 